Welcome to the Covenant Women Podcast with Dr. Adonica Howard-Brown, your on-demand source for Holy Ghost-filled preaching and teaching. You bring blessing everywhere you go. You bring freedom. You bring liberty. Out of your inmost being will flow rivers of living water. Be refreshed, encouraged, and strengthened as you hear the Word today. Go to Deuteronomy 11 and then I'll... I'll come back there. So we were talking about, when I was preparing for the ladies' conference, I woke up one morning with the word agent. And um, if you look up the definition of agent, it's a person who acts on behalf of another person, a group, a business, a government, etc., a representative, a personal thing that acts or has the power to act. It is also a phenomenon, a substance, or an organism that exerts a force or effect, like a chemical agent. So we are agents in the sense of representing, but we are also agents in being the thing that creates change, that makes change. So we represent, we stand in the place of. We, 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 We are ambassadors. We speak on behalf of, and we bring a message. But then we are also the agents that make the change, that bring about something, that cause something to happen. Amen. So it's not merely just a message, but it's an activation of something. And we carry that on the inside of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We carry this treasure in in earthen vessels, this glory, this power of the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. If you know Jesus and you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, you carry this power. So it's a person that represents either a country or a business concern. In, in, in British It's short for estate agent. Here you say realtor, sometimes you say real estate agent, but you know, overseas they don't say realtor, they say real estate agent or estate agent. It's also, if you just say agent, it's also short for secret agent. Amen. So we are representatives, we have a power to act, and we are an action that exerts a force or or an effect. It is the Holy Ghost that gives us the power, and it's the name of Jesus that gives us the authority. Shall I say that again? It's the power of God. It's the Holy Ghost that gives us the power. It's the name of Jesus that gives us the authority. Jesus is the agent of the new covenant. He's the agent, he's the mediator. Hebrews 8 and verse 6 says, Jesus is the the mediator, the arbiter, or the agent of a better covenant established upon better promises. Hebrews 12 and 24 says, and to Jesus the mediator, the go-between, the agent of a new covenant. And then 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. 
And the Amplified says, for by means of the personal agency of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is the agent, and the Holy Spirit, it's his personal agency. Through his personal agency, he's doing the work. Then look at this. I'm reading also, when I read you the the Amplified, it's from the Amplified because it's Amplified, because what it's doing is Greek is a very, very specific language. And so they, they go back into the Greek and they give you this specific, exactly what it means, amplify the meaning. So I want you to listen to this, but 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 5, and it's talking about, you know, they were given a gift and, you know, the disciples were picking up the gift and taking it where it was designated to go. And so he says in 2 Corinthians 8, 5, nor is this gift of theirs merely the contribution we expected, but first they gave themselves to the Lord and to us as his agents. Hallelujah. So we are... God's agents, and he wants to use us. Amen. So, special agent is someone who has a special assignment, a particular unique assignment, and that is you, and that is me. Amen. God has given you and put on you a unique and special assignment, and he's put on me a unique and special assignment. And my job is not to fulfill your assignment. My job is to fulfill my assignment. Your job is not to fulfill my assignment. Your job is to fulfill your assignment. Otherwise, there's going to be total confusion. Amen. And then what a secret agent is, we're being a secret agent when we give, we bless, and we serve without expecting a pat on the back. Amen. Or any earthly recognition. But we're doing it because we love Jesus. And because we've had a revelation of how much he loves us and what he's done for us. And we just love him so much. We just want to offer back to him and we just want to serve him. And there's only two commandments that we're given that cover the rest. All the rest are covered if you just do these two things. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor like yourself. So we are kind and we do good to someone else. Jesus said, if you do it to someone else, you're doing it to me. We need to think about that. Whatever we do to other people, Jesus takes it personally, like you're doing it to him. So when you're kind, he says, even if you give someone a, you know, talking about the prophet, but it says, you know, even if you give a prophet a cup of water, you get the prophet's reward, right? So what about if we're nasty to people? What if we gossip about them? What if we hurt them? Cheat them, defraud them. You're doing it to Jesus. And that's not my sermon, but I felt like I need to say that. Kind of changes the perspective a little bit, doesn't it? Oh, I love you, Lord. But I don't love you. You irritate me. I don't like you. I don't know why. You don't have to like everybody, but you have to love them. Amen. Everybody doesn't have to be your best friend, but you can love them like your brother and your sister because that's what they are, and you can all be together in heaven, so get over yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. I can't get over the enthusiasm in here this morning. I'll tell you what, the ladies were, were a much more hungry crowd, so you guys better get with the program. That's all I can say. Anyway. <laughs> you can say amen or oh me, whichever shoe fits. It's the truth. <laughs> so, the, the whole time I've been you know, praying over this conference, there's so many different messages the Lord downloaded on me, and so we'll be sharing some, some of them you know, through our social media and through other meetings that we do, but something really powerful happened to me. I was walking our property, trying to get in my 10,000 steps, 
And um, anyway, so I was walking, we have quite a long driveway, so I was walking down the driveway from between the gate to the gate, and I got to the very end and I touched the gate and the Holy Ghost spoke to me and, uh, and gave me this word. He said, every place on which your foot shall tread, I have given it to you. Now that was God's promise to Moses, to, to, to Joshua, to the Israelites, right? Started with Abraham, really. And, but he said this to me, he said, with your eyes you see the future, with your feet you take the promise. Amen. You cannot just look at it longingly, but when your feet walk on it, it becomes yours. I'm gonna be, I'll repeat this in a bit if you didn't get it all written down, but I'll say it again, because you need to hear it again. But you need to see it with the eye of faith, you need to activate it with your obedience, you need to activate it with your action. Now, one of the things that, that we covered also in ladies' conference, let me just share this scripture with you, because then this will maybe make more sense to you. But we talked about how the Word of God is alive and active. It's alive and active on the inside of us, and the Holy Spirit is actively working in us. In fact, Hebrews 4 and verse 12 in the Amplified says, for the Word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. God's Word is active, operative, energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breadth of life, soul and the immortal spirit and of joints, marrow, deepest parts of our nature, exposing, sifting, analyzing, and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. And then God says in Jeremiah 1.12, He said, I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. So God's word itself is active, operative, energizing and effective. And God is actively working Oh, and, and watching over his word to make sure that everything he promised comes to pass. Amen. God is actively watching over his word to make sure that everything he has promised is going to come to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is actively preparing. God is actively working. God is actively doing all on our behalf. God's eyes are looking all over the earth, looking for someone who's going to Believe him and start expecting him and take him at his word. He's looking for someone that he can show himself strong on their behalf. Is that you or is he going to look right over you to the next person? Hallelujah. He is looking for someone he can do something for. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 64, 4 says, For from old no one has heard or perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen a God beside you who works and shows himself active on behalf of him or her who earnestly waits for him. That means we're not just like waiting, twiddling our thumbs, I don't know when God's going to do it. You know, whenever God wants to do it. That is not what waiting. Waiting is serving. That's what waiting means. Waiting means serving. Waiting means active. It's an active. It's a, it's a thing you're doing. Listen, when, when, when you're in Europe, the way, they, have like, they have a different culture. So you go in there. You don't want to take five hours to eat your meal. It's like, give me the menu. Give me my food. I want to get out of here. Okay. Right. I mean, if you're there to visit, fine. 
but if you eat in restaurants every single day of your life, just give me my food, I need to get out of here. Thank you very much. Three meals a day, I don't wanna spend six hours a day sitting in a restaurant. That's not what I came here to do, right? So, but in America, they come straight over to you. Can I get your drink order, okay? But they're not trained like that overseas, so you sit there, you sit there, you're sitting there, and you wait, you wait, they don't even bring you them, and then you finally, you have to go like, wave the waiter, could we, could we get a menu? Could you, do you mind taking a order? And they look at you like, you want me to wait on you? I think that's your job, isn't it? It's like, waiter? <laughs> but some of us, you know what? We gotta wait on God, we gotta serve him, not just stand over there in the corner. Wait, what, what was it we do? Get up and go make our own food in the kitchen? God's waiting, you're waiting on God, he's waiting on you. He's waiting on you, amen. So he, is, he wants to show himself active on that person who earnestly, actively is waiting for him. Philippians 2, 12 and 13, verse 13 talks about, it's God that works in you to do his, to will and to do of his good pleasure. So the Holy Ghost is active and alive on the inside of us. He's actively working in us. That's the ongoing test, tense, of course, in, you know, don't be drunk on wine, Ephesians 5.18, but be filled, be ye being filled. And, uh, okay, so anyways, so the Word of God is active, alive, and operating, and energized. So you have to understand, when you are, I, I told the ladies, get the Bible on tape. It's on Bible Gateway app. It's on YouTube. You can pick your favorite person. The person Pastor Rodney likes to listen to read the, reading the Word annoys me, the person I listen to bugs him. He, he doesn't like that, their voice, I don't like their voice. So, you know, stick your earplugs in, but choose your translation, you can choose your person who reads it. Or maybe this would be an exercise in fun, read the whole Bible yourself out loud and on some kind of, you know, the, I mean, these devices, they could have gone to the moon with whatever's the technology in here, apparently. So, so put your own voice on tape, that's probably be the best. Read the whole Bible like you like it, and then just play it and play it and play it and play it. Because something is happening, it's not just something passive and it's just playing, but something is being activated. Something is being activated, because God's Word has inherent power. It is activated, it is energized, it is working all the time. So if you're putting that into your heart, you're putting this, it's like if you think about, have you ever shaken a soda? You know what happens. Well, that's what's happening on the inside of you. You put that word on the inside of you and it's active and it's alive and it's working. And before long, listen, you're gonna, I mean, <laughs> there's, there's scriptures that are gonna pop up to you and you're gonna be like, where did I hear that? You won't even remember where you heard it and you'll go back and you'll find it. It's like, oh yeah, I was listening to that. It'll go in your heart, even though, you know, hope, you, know we, you want your mind to be renewed, but your mind is, fairly finite and it can hold only so much, but your spirit is infinite. Think about it. The image of God is on inside of you. God created your spirit. You're just like him. You reflect him and the Holy Ghost is inside of you. There is no limit to what your spirit can hold. Amen. I mean, even this morning, you're only gonna, they tell us that you're only gonna remember a certain percentage of what you heard here. So you could go back and listen to what Pastor Rodney has said or what anybody has said today and you'll hear things you didn't hear the first time. How many of you know what I'm talking about, right? But your spirit takes it all in, takes it all in. That's why it's so important what you feed your spirit. Don't feed it on soap operas and, and reality TV and other trash, amen. Feed yourself on the word. And you, don't you dare tell me I don't have time. 
I'll come down there and smack you. You are driving in your car, when you're driving in your car, when you're brushing your teeth. All these things that you're doing, you play it, you play it, you play it, you turn it on, you play it. I plug my phone in, I've, it's when I'm in the bathroom, showering, whatever, in, out, whatever I'm doing, I'm driving, we, we live an hour away, so it's a good time, all the way up, all the way down, listening to the word, listening to the word, listening to the word, and before you know it, I mean, and you suddenly, you're out there and you're witnessing to someone on the street, and suddenly the scripture will pop up in you that they need, and you didn't even remember, you, you knew it. How many of that's ever happened to you, right? That word is actively, actively, actively working inside of you. The Holy Ghost is actively working. God is actively working to, and, and to make sure His word comes to pass on your behalf. What are you doing? What are you doing? God wants you to be active, actively working with Him. Amen. For Him. So he wants to do, like Pastor Rodney is telling you all the time, God wants to do a work in you so he can do a work through you. And he can only do the work through you to the extent he's done the work in you. But, but you've got to break through those layers and barriers of garbage that the world has laid on you and the lies of the devil because, you know what, listen, the world believes that God is bigger than the church believes God is. I'm going to prove it to you. We're going to go to the Old Testament for that for a minute. Maybe you know where I'm going with this. Maybe you don't, but listen. So, actually, let's go back a bit. I know I told you uh, Deuteronomy 11, but you keep your finger there. Go to Genesis 13, because I'm going to take you all the way back to where it began, pretty much. Well, it began with let there be light, but I'm talking about covenant-wise with Abraham. Anyways, Genesis 13 and... Verse 14, the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had left him, lift up now your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward, for all the land which you see, I will give to you in your posterity forever. And I will make your descendants like the dust of the earth. So that if a man could count the dust of the earth, then could your descendants also be counted. Now arise, walk through the land, the length of it, the breadth of it, for I will give it to you. And then it says, Abraham moved his tent. So Abraham went and obviously he did what the Lord said. From the north to the south, from the east to the west, he walked through everything. With your eyes, you see the future. With your feet, you take the promise. Amen. Amen. So God spoke to him, said, you're going to take it in your posterity. So he, he had planned it. It was planned out. He gave him, I mean, he laid everything out. He told him everything. He told him, he told Abraham about the, the, you know, the 400 years of bondage. I mean, he told him everything. And he told him, so if they had been, you know, through, all the way through the Bible, it talks about tell your kids, tell your kids, tell your kids, tell your kids. That's how you pass down generational blessings. You speak God's promise to your kids. Speak it to your kids. Speak it, speak it, speak it. Because if you're not speaking to your children, somebody else is speaking to your children, and you know they're not speaking life, they're not speaking blessing. Amen. Amen. So don't you be lazy and then you bring your kids to kids' church and we must, we must raise you. We're not going to raise your kids for you. We're going to help you, support you as you raise your kids. But it's your job to put the word in your kids. But then you have to not be lazy to put God's word in you. Because if you, God's word's not in you and, it's, and the, your kids are not seeing it actively working through you, because your kids are going to become who you are. Not what you say. My dad used to say, don't do what I do, do what I say. It doesn't work like that. 
He gave us very good advice. I'm thankful for that, but I'm thankful that my mother was the actual living example. My dad said, this is what you need to do, and my mother did it. Amen. Yeah. I mean, bless his heart, he tried. But he smoked for 55 years, died of cancer, you know, because of that. But he didn't want us to smoke, but he couldn't get free of it before he died. Well, he actually did get free. The moment he got cancer, he couldn't smoke anymore. Isn't that crazy? He tried his whole, he'd come down on one cigarette and couldn't quit that last stupid cigarette. But then the moment he got the cancer, it's like the devil's like, I got him, I'll just leave him alone now. Well, you don't have to do that to me. I don't know why I said all that, but he was a, he was a good man. He tried. I'll honor him. He's a, he, he was a good man. Raised five kids. He did a great job. But, you, but I'm thankful for the, I'm thankful that he did, he set a lot of good examples for us, but I'm thankful for the example that my mom said for us, that was, but that's the thing. The thing is that your kids are going to be who you are. So if you need to be who you want your kids to be. Amen. That's what I'm trying to say. So it's not just what you say. So speak into them, speak the word, but you need to be. So that means, so some of you are sitting here squirming in your chair. I know, I don't care. But that means that you are going to have to do some soul searching and you're going to have to change some stuff in your life. But you can't do it like my dad tried to get rid of that, those cigarettes in the flesh. You can't do it in the flesh. But that's what's so great about the Holy Spirit. God gives us the Holy Spirit. It's his job to work in us, to set us free from all that garbage. That's the Holy Ghost's job, amen. You can't get saved off of your righteousness and your good works because they're all filthy rags, the Bible tells us. It has to be based, based on the blood of Jesus, faith and grace, amen. And so you walk out the rest of it. The Bible says, you know, you, you, you walk it out, you walk out your redemption, you walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. What's it talking about? Not, not, not your spirit's saved. I mean, you, you, if you receive Jesus, it's brand new. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. You're brand new. You're going to heaven. That's it. Now you've got to renew your mind. That's the part you've got to work at. Renew your mind. The Bible says, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, it will quicken. What's that mean? Make alive. Make alive your mortal body. Well, your brain's part of your body, isn't it? Amen, amen. When the Holy Ghost comes to live on, in the side, on the inside of you, he starts lighting up everything. He starts lighting up your mind. He starts lighting up your spirit. I know Brother Hagen talks about how when he got born again, he was failing in school. He went from failing in school to like cleaning up all the prizes in school. Why? Because he got born again and the lights came on on the inside of him. When my mom, when we all got born again, my mother owned a daycare, full day, daycare center and taught the kids. And she said she got them all saved and the moms and a lot of the parents ended up in ministry. The marriage was saved and went into ministry through, this, through, the, through the, the preschool, through the daycare center. And she said, you know, I have to be more on the ball with these little kids because once they receive Jesus, they're, much, they're sharper, they learn faster. So I have to move faster because they, they take it in and they learn. There's a, when, when you have Jesus on the inside of you, what do you, where do you think, like even in, you know, you have the dark ages and then we came out of that. Why? Because in the dark ages, they would kill you for reading the Bible. Foul, religious, stinking devil controlling the word of God. Thank God for the printing press, for the men who risked their life to print the Bible so we could read it, so we could have a copy in our house. You better come to church with your Bible and you better, you better value your Bible, not your Bible on your phone because they could just nuke it just like that. You need a real paper, Amen. hold it in your hand, Bible. I mean, I, I use both, but I find I get so much more out of the, the real thing when I'm reading it than 
than paging on my iPad or whatever. Amen or me? All right. Amen. So this is this this has got to be this has got to become real on the inside of us, and it's got to be real through us. And God's wanting to activate us. And you see, it's like maybe some of you have had this experience, especially you that have been through Bible school. But I remember I got saved. Three months later, my mom had me signed up for Bible school, my brother and I, and we were in Bible school. And that whole year, a lot of what they said probably went over my head because I just got saved. So I, you know what I mean? But enough hit me, enough landed, enough took hold, enough took root, that at the end of that year, I was a different person. Amen. Just sitting under the word. Just sitting under the word. Just sitting under the word. That is proof that God's word is active and alive and working in you. Amen. I mean, some of you, maybe you found you were sitting here in this bubble of the presence of God and the word, and, but you couldn't see how much you were growing till you went home. Amen. Back to where you came out of, and then you could see how much you've changed and how much is in you that you didn't even know was there. So don't underestimate what God is doing on the inside of you. Don't underestimate. Amen? Just sit, receive, take it in, take it in, take it in. Now, one thing I just got to say, one caveat, is that the Bible talks about the person that hears only is not blessed, but the person that's a doer of the word is blessed. And there's a scripture that the Lord activated to me that said that Jesus Christ learned obedience through his sacrifice. And you might think, but he's God with God. He's the Godhead. He, he created the whole universe. How could he learn obedience? But it says he learned obedience through the cross, through what he suffered. Do you know how you learn? You don't learn by sitting here taking notes. You learn by getting up and going and doing it. That's how you learn. That's how you know you learn something. When Pastor Rodney preaches on giving, you know when you take out your checkbook or your whatever, how, whatever you use to give, and you give and you sow, that's when you're activating your learning. And that's when you realize why God's way. A lot of times, when you first start out, your carnal mind fights the word. Your carnal mind fights giving more than anything. But when you do it by faith, by faith you start giving. And then you start seeing what God does. And then you, you figure out it actually feels really good to give. And you get to that place where you just enjoy giving. You're not even thinking anymore about what God's going to do for you but you're just enjoying giving so much. I love that. That's the way God does everything. I mean, he, he knows that. He loves you anyways, right? Our kids don't do everything right, but we love them anyway. When they're two and they paint something for us, it's a big blob of mess, but it's proudly, you know, we frame it and put it on the fridge, right? So God, he loves you. He loves you when you're starting out and you don't do everything right. He still loves you, amen? But he does expect you to grow up and not wear that diaper forever and be a big fat baby, okay? But, but, but so we might start out doing something for not really the right reasons, but when we get a hold of it, as we're doing it, we're learning 
and suddenly our motivation starts changing. Oh, I'm going to humble myself because God says he'll exalt me. Well, then when you really truly humble yourself, you don't care about being exalted. Well, really exalted just means that God is going to promote you to another level of responsibility. That's really what that means. Amen. But it, you come to that place where, you know what, Lord, oh, only you matter. Only you getting all the glory. I'm nothing, you everything. And that's not in a I'm not I'm nothing in a worm kind of way, right? I'm just a worm. No, it's not. It's just like, it's like, Lord, use me, shine through me. You are everything. All, all I am, I'm your handmaid. I'm your servant. I, I'm just, I'm here for you, Lord. Because you know, because he's so good. You find out how good he is. You realize how faithful that he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's so faithful. He's so faithful. He's so faithful. And we want, we want a pat on the back for every little thing we do right. We want con some congratulations every time we like put two, five cents in the offering or what, you know what I mean? People, <laughs> but when you can experience the faithfulness of God back to you, it's like whatever you have to give him, it looks so pitiful. I mean, you might think you made such a sacrifice, but the blessing that comes back to you is like, you think my sacrifice was too small. It was too small. He's so awesome. He's so good. He's so faithful. He always does exceedingly above all that we could ask or think or dream or imagine. It's never even anything of our hearts what he's prepared for us. And we hold it back by our own small thinking. The box you're in is the box you made yourself. The box you are in is the box you created yourself. You are the one putting the limits on how much you grow. You are the one who puts the limits on how much money God puts into your hands. You are the one who puts the limits on the responsibility that He gives you. You are the one that puts the limits on the, the anointing flowing through you and God using you in a mighty way because of your, the box of your head that is small, that is, is looking at the flesh, that's looking at yourself, either in pride or in, or in the opposite of, of, of you know, weakness and failure. That's that's not who God made you. I don't care who you are in the natural. God's, the God of heaven and earth lives on the inside of you that makes you a somebody. Hallelujah. And it doesn't have anything to do with you and it never had anything to do with you and it better not have anything to do with you except beyond. The only part that's yours is submission. The only part, cooperation, submission but he has to get all the glory. That's why he said, he said, God says, I don't care if you're a clay pot, I'm gonna shine through you if you will allow me to. Amen. But the more he shines through you, the more he polishes that vessel, the more, I think wherever he walks, his streets are gold. I mean, so if he's, if he's moving through you in his whole presence, he's, he's taking your clay pot and he's transforming it into a, into a vessel of honor, of silver, gold, but you have to allow him to do that work in you and work through you, amen. So forget about the clay pot, stop holding, get back because you think you're a clay pot, and please don't think you're something, because your, you, you you're a little clay pot, get over it, amen. If any man thinks himself to be something, he's nothing. So all the honor, all the glory to God. So we're not arrogant, but we're bold in Him. Amen. We're bold in Him. We're bold because He's in us. We're bold because His Word is working and His Word is true. We're bold because 
His Holy Spirit is doing it and He's using us. Hallelujah. And at the end of the day, we just, I mean, when we hear the testimonies, I promise you, it's hard to keep the makeup on. Week after week here and see how God has transformed people's lives. It's, it's all, I mean, I'm, I'm glad, I'm just glad we got to just be here and be a little part of it because it was all Jesus. Amen. It's all Jesus. Hallelujah. He's so good. Okay, let, let me not take too long with this. Let's go to Deuteronomy 11, but he says, he, he gave a promise to Moses, so you can read it yourself. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but from verse 22, and he said, keep the commandments, love the Lord your God, walk in his ways, cleave to him. In other words, be faithful to him. And he says, then the Lord will drive out all these nations before you. You will dispossess nations greater and mightier than you. Every place on which the sole of your foot shall tread shall be yours. And then he says in verse 25, no man will be able to stand before you. Which part of no man did they not understand? No man will, will be able to stand before you. The Lord your God shall lay the fear and the dread of you upon the land that you tread as he has said to you, behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commandment of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and the curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God and turn away, turn aside from the way which I command you to go. So and then verse 31, he says, for you, to cross, you are to cross over the Jordan to go and possess the land which the Lord your God gives you and you shall possess it and live in you. You know, the, the church in generations past made the mistake of, of referring to the promised land or referring to heaven as the promised land. Heaven is the promised land because there's no giants in heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. I know you all know that. You guys are also so clever and you know all this stuff already. So anyway, but I'm just, I'm teasing you. I know there's some people that are new, but most of you, if you don't know the story, then okay. Anyway. So, you're going to have to, in your life, for whatever God's called you to do, in order to possess it, you're going to have to cross something. You're going to have to cross the Jordan. In a sense, you could turn that into anything you want to, but in a sense, that is, that is just the limits that you put on your own mind. The limits you put on yourself because you're looking at yourself. How are you going to cross the Jordan? How did they end up crossing the Jordan? They crossed the Jordan the same way that they crossed the Red Sea. That's how they crossed the Jordan. Amen. It was God did it, but they had to go and put their foot in it. They had to go put their foot in it. You can stay longingly at the land, or you can go put your foot there. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And for those of you who are waiting for all the duckies to line up, I've got news for you. The only time duckies are in a line is when they're moving. So if God's given you the timing and the direction, timing's very important. Don't jump out before him or without him. You need that wind behind your sails. Do it in obedience. Obedience, obedience, obedience. Do it in obedience. When you're doing that, right, God tells you, you know this is the time. Step out. It doesn't matter how, I don't care how much money you have in the bank. We've never done anything we did with the money in the bank. We've never, ever, ever, ever started doing, moving towards, taking that first step towards anything God told us to do with any money in the bank. Ever. Amen. But here we are. We started out on the day we got married with zero money. We came to America with $300. 
We went to New York for six weeks, renting Madison Square Garden. Do you know how expensive it is to rent anything, never mind Madison Square Garden, New York, for six weeks? Are you crazy? You are crazy if it's your own idea. You're gonna be a big flop. But as the Lord spoke to Pastor Rodney, don't build a canoe when I told you to build an ark. What would happen to Noah if he looked at his own, what was in his own hand and, oh, oh I'm just gonna build the canoe? None of us would have been here. Amen. So, I don't care what it looks like, you obey God, amen? I don't care how ridiculous, that's why you don't wanna share things with everybody of what the Lord's told you. Because they'll all be telling you you need to build the canoe and who do you think you are? Well, who do I think I am? I don't think I'm anybody, that's for sure. But I didn't need you to tell me that. <laughs> Amen. So sometimes you, you just need to be quiet and don't, don't speak some things out loud to some people. Amen. Just don't. Even the ones you think are, some of, some of the ones that are like, anyway, the ones you think that would be, try to talk you out of it. The ones you think you would encourage you, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, so he said, every, every place where you stand, no man will be able to stand before you. Now, Numbers 13, quickly. So top over there. Going back a little. So in verse one, the Lord said to Moses, verse two, send men to explore and scout the land, from, one from every tribe. So they sent 12. So in verse 21, it said they went from Zin to Rehob to, to Hamath. They went all over the place. Then they came to Eshkol, and then they, they got this big thing of grapes. It was so huge that the cluster of grapes was so huge, two of them had to carry. So they're seeing all these beautiful, this beautiful land and everything, the wilderness. And then 27, they said, they came back, back and they said, Moses, we came to the land which you sent us, and surely it flows with milk and honey, just as God had told them it flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. But it says, the people there, okay, I want you to notice, okay, it's, it's, what God said is true. First, they, they, uh, they acknowledge what God has said is true. And then they go, but. But. You've got to watch out for those buts. Because the but is being disrespectful to the word. But God didn't tell him, you're going to be powerful, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. God never, he just said, I'm going to make sure nobody's going to stand before you. You're going to, you are going to dispossess them because I am with you. So anyway, but, so the people who dwell there are strong, the cities are fortified, very large, Moreover, we saw the sons of Anak of great stature and courage. Now watch the story get more and more exaggerated, okay? Amalek dwells in the south, the Hittite, the Jebusite, the Amorite, the Canaanite. And Caleb's like, oh, da, oh, da. quiet, 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 quiet. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He's just quieted. He says, okay, let's be quiet. Let's go in and possess it, for we are well able to take it, we are well able to conquer it. We are well able because God's spoken it. Sure, we don't understand it, sure, we don't look like much, but God said it, then 
then we have to just obey and we got to do it, right? So Caleb and Joshua, two against 10, they try and encourage them into the word of the Lord. But what happened was that, but the, but the fe, again, but the fellow scout says, we're not able to go up against the people of Canaan. They're stronger than we are. And so they brought the Israelites an evil report, an evil report. When you speak against the word of God, you are agreeing with the devil. If any two or more agree, you're going to get what you ask for, get what you say. So if you wonder why your life is in such a mess, because you, you have been agreeing with the devil with your mouth. Well, you just need to put a guard on your lips and you need to stop agreeing with the devil and you need to start agreeing with the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. You need to get into agreement. If, you know what? There's power in agreement. Pastor Rodney and I, we saw the Lord do, incre- I mean, we still to this day, we see the Lord doing, do amazing things because we get in agreement because one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to, 10, to flight. If, if God is on our side, the rock, the rock, if the rock is on your side, you can put 10,000 to flight. So it's awesome to be in agreement. But he said, if there's just two of you, if there's three of you, even better. He said, there I am in the midst of you. But if you have nobody else to stand with you, there's two of you, you and God. Hallelujah. Just get in agreement with the word. And so, so they bring an evil report and they said the land, now listen to the exaggeration. The land devours. Okay. Is it milk or honey or does it devour its inhabitants? Which one is it? It's perspective, not reality. Amen. I mean, the reality was those they were strong and they were giants and blah, blah, blah. But God said to them, you know, you're well able to take them. But here they go from milk of honey. The reality was it was land of milk and honey. And now suddenly it's a land that, now just think, I don't know about you, but when I think of milk and honey and a land that devours its inhabitants, I'm thinking about two different places. Amen. I'm thinking about a fruitful valley. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want green pastures and everything overflowing. And over here, Arizona. The middle of it, the deserty part, <laughs> devouring its inhab- inhabitants. Okay. And all the people that we saw, men of great stature, we saw the Nephilim and the sons of Anak who came from the giants. Here's the key. And we were in our own side as grasshoppers, and so we were in theirs. How did they know what they looked like to the, other, to the people in the land? How did they know? They made it up. They listened to the devil. He lied to them. They saw, they looked at themselves and saw grasshoppers. And then they believed that everybody else also saw a grasshopper. But I wanna, I wanna take you somewhere. And then the, anyway, they ended up 40 years wandering in the desert. They, then they got, they got upset because God told them you're gonna have to wander in the desert now. Then they tried to, oh no, we'll, okay, we'll go up and fight. They went up and fought, they all got defeated. If God tells you, you say no, and then you change your mind, you say, oh, I'm gonna go up. You better not, because you better wait till God's back in it. Amen. Amen. And God's like, eh, okay, I'm take your kids in then. I'm not gonna take you bunch. But you know what, listen, God had a plan through the whole thing. It all worked out. Everything here, see, the people in the Old Testament, they weren't perfect, they're there for us, so we can be encouraged. Amen. Amen. That there's hope for us too. Because <laughs> how many of you can say that you're perfect? Don't raise your hand, because then, they'll, yeah. Because you're not, but when you see Jesus, you will be, but we all are work in progress. So don't get frustrated, don't, don't give up, don't get mad at me because some of the things I'm saying here today, I'm trying to encourage you, I'm trying to provoke you. You know what I mean, like Jesus with the Syrophoenician woman, she's like, ah, I want you to heal my child, heal my child, heal my child. You know, I said, healing is the children's bread. And she didn't go, 
who do you think you are? The minister, he offended me. Looking at you, getting all offended because somebody told you the truth. We hear them all the time. Pastor Rafi, this pastor was mean to me. Not all the time, occasionally. It's like, it's because you won't listen. And you want someone, everyone else to do what you're supposed to do. Amen. Anyway, let me not go down that path. Where was I before I got distracted? Hmm? The giants. The grasshoppers. No, I said something else. See, I'm just testing you, huh? The what? Anyway, okay. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. They decided everybody else did too. But that didn't have anything to do with it. What size they were, it was what size God is. It doesn't matter what size you are, it's what size God is, right? So I want to take you to, I want to take you to, uh, let me see. Okay, let me, let me go down to, yeah, to 14 because I want to show you something the next verse, basically. And all the congregation cried out with a loud voice. They wept that night. And all the Israelites grumbled and deplored their situation, accusing Moses and Aaron, to whom the whole congregation said, would that we had died in Egypt or we died in the wilderness. I mean, they wanted, they wanted to go back. They wanted to go back to the leeks and the onion. We should have never. These people were in bondage for 400 years, whining and complaining whining and complaining, God supernaturally brings them out and they wanna go back, why? Fear, fear. Does that remind you of something too, this last year? Right? Their fear made them turn on Moses and Aaron, the messenger who brought, were only bringing what God told them. They start turning around blaming Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron did nothing to them. The Moses and Aaron brought them the word of the Lord to encourage them. And they, their fear makes them turn on them and blame them. You know what, I was so, well, look, I know that God, God, judgment begins at the house of God, right? So the church, as the church goes, so goes the nation. I personally was very disappointed to see how the church folded, shut their churches and, and reacted in fear and turned around and attacked everybody else who told them it's gonna be okay. God says it's gonna be okay. God called us to lay hands on the sick. You're going to live and you're not going to die and you don't need to believe words of, of, of fear. Let me tell you, most of them didn't shut their churches down out of any respect for anybody else and oh, cause, cause I love my neighbor and so I'm gonna shut my church down and wear a mask and take a vaccine I love my neighbor. No, you chicken, you just didn't want the media to come after you. You were afraid of people's opinions. Why? Because your own opinion in your own head, because you are a grasshopper and you think everybody else thinks you're a grasshopper and you cave to that mess. You cannot cave to the devil. You can't give him an inch because if you give him an inch, he's gonna, he's gonna take the whole caboodle. And we never stood up because we're rebellious and we never stood up to prove a point or because we're arrogant. We stood up out of, in humility, out of respect for God and His Word. 
And if it means arrest, so be it. And if it means you get stoned and hung and shot, so be it. But I'm telling you right now, King, you can throw us in the furnace, but we will not bow. Hallelujah. 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 Because even if you stand up and, and or, you know, flex your muscles, when it comes down to it, if you're not prepared to pay the punishment, because when they were getting thrown in the fiery furnace, they said, our God is able to deliver us, even if he doesn't. We are still not bowing to your stinking devil statue. And if everybody stood up, how many people were in there and Three dudes stood up. Only three wouldn't bow. Where was the rest of them? But if nobody bowed, do you think he could have shot? He couldn't have thrown everybody in the fiery furnace. He would have been thoroughly humiliated, which would probably made him a whole lot madder, but too bad. You cannot, as an individual, you cannot cave. And then when you stand together, it's like, you know, the prophet oh, crying in the, behind the tree, oh, it's only me. God's like, I've got 7,000 others. Amen. So there's always others standing up. But sometimes, sometimes you, you can't, you have to wait to say anything because so, the, the fear is so, ah, you know what I'm saying? It's like nobody's going to hear you anyway. So you just got to be like, just got to wait for them to die in the wilderness or something, I think. Anyway, <laughs> before you speak up. But it was, it was, it was very difficult a year ago to say anything. And it was like they were on you like ugly on a monkey. <laughs> Ripping you to shreds and Romans 13. Yes, you look at their Facebook and they, they, they're living like hell and then they're Romans 13-ing you. <laughs> anyway. I've got to fit a whole lot into a little now, so let me hurry up. But they said, Josh and Caleb said, listen, the land we pass is exceedingly good land. If the, Lord del- if, the, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us in this land and give us a land flowing with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Neither fear the people of the land, because they are bread for us. Their defense and the shadow of protection is removed from over them. But the Lord is with us. Fear them not. What's God's promise? Somebody else will build the house and you will live in it. Someone else will build the business and it'll be given unto you. God told them that. God told them. He said, I'm leaving those nations there. And God, God, God's not a respective person, persons, but God judged those nations because they were flat evil. They were dispossessed because they were flat evil. The curse and the judgment of God came upon those nations and Israel was the hand of God to to exact God's judgment on those nations. That's what that was about. At the same time that he gave them the land because of his promise. It wasn't because they were righteous because he said you're a bunch of stubborn, stiff-necked people. But because I promised your fathers, I'm doing this. God will move heaven and earth to keep his promise. So you can be a part of it, 
and receive the blessing and say yes, or you can say no and God will find someone else. But God is going to keep his promise. It's going to come to pass. Amen. Hallelujah. So Joshua, 40 years, Joshua, Joshua verse three, every place in the which your foot shall tread I've given to you as I have promised Moses. Promise hasn't changed. God's plan has not changed. The people that he got to use was another generation. But plan was the same. Promise was the same. No man shall be able to stand before you, verse five, all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not fail you, I will not forsake you. And verse seven, he says, only be strong and very courageous. And he says, this book of the law will not depart out of your mouth. Listen, you're not gonna do it in your own strength. You gotta, you gotta put the word in you, you gotta put the word in you, you gotta, put the, you gotta strengthen yourself in the word. You gotta strengthen yourself in the word. You gotta strengthen yourself in the word. Don't try to do what God's called you to do in the flesh. You, it's, it's not possible. You've gotta be submitted to God. You gotta be faithful to God. You gotta, you gotta let him burn all the, all the crud out of your life and you gotta become that purified vessel so he can fully use you for his plans and for his, for his purposes. He has, he, God doesn't see you as that grasshopper, but he sees what he can do through you. And he, he, he made you, he, he don't care. You might look at, at how small you are and how, what not. He says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Start small. Don't be intimidated, don't, don't try to get somewhere overnight, just, just obey God with what's in front of you. Be faithful in little, then you'll be faithful over much. Just obey God in the little that's in front of you. Do that honorably, do that with a good heart, do it with pure motives, and God will promote you and he will increase you and he will use you and he will, he will take you up to that place of responsibility and ultimately of what he has for you. Because God has a plan and a purpose for you and his purpose doesn't change. Now you can get with the, with the plan or you cannot, but you're gonna get to heaven, hopefully. Some people are gonna get there by the skin of their teeth because, you know, but, and then you're gonna find out everything God had for you that you rejected because you were looking at the grasshopper that you saw in the mirror. Instead of seeing the big God, amen, that was really living on the inside of you all the time, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, I wanna, I wanna show you something. So Joshua got smart, right? So instead of sending 12, he just sent two. <laughs> he sent two. So they go into Jericho, right? So they go find Rahab, and she hides them. And, and she says, at the pain of her being killed, she hides them. And, but listen to this. So she hides them in the flax, but she tells them, she tells them, okay, listen, you're gonna have to escape, I'm gonna have to, but before you go, she said to them, verse nine of Joshua, Joshua 2.9, she said unto the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that your terror is fallen on us. What did Joshua and Caleb say 40 years before? The hand of protection is removed off of the enemy and they are afraid of us. They are afraid of us. She said that your terror is fallen on us and all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. 40 years ago, they're still scared of them. They're more scared of them than they were scared of God. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're the, oh, we want to go back to Egypt, we can't do this. Meantime, are we grasshoppers in their sight? 
Meantime, they're terrified. They heard about the Red Sea and they're terrified. They're terrified. The enemy is terrified. He's shaking in his boots. He is so scared of you and all he's got is lies. All he's got is lies. The Bible says at the end time when the devil's exposed, people are going to go, is this the one? That cradle that had, this one cradle that had, this little cradle is havoc. But like Jesus said, he's a murderer from the beginning and a father of lies. Lies, 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 lies. The devil is a liar. Don't believe his lies. Don't believe his lies. Don't get to heaven and see that you missed out on all of how God could have used you because you believed that lies. You gotta switch your head off and you gotta live out of your spirit. That's the only way to do it. You, you got, because your head is gonna tell you all kinds of, your head's gonna tell you, your head's gonna not give you good advice when it comes to the things of God. You gotta, you gotta live out of your spirit. You gotta renew that mind, train your senses, but live out of your spirit. And all the inhabitants, the terror fall, fell on us because the, la- the, the land, they faint because of you. For we have heard. So notice what she said. I love how she says, I know the Lord has given you the land. Let your terrors fall on us. All the inhabitants, all the inhabitants of the land faint. And she says, for we have all heard how the Lord dried up the water in the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of, of Jordan, whom you utterly destroyed And as soon as we heard these things, our heart did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. You grasshoppers. We're terrified of you grasshoppers. Not because of the, they saw, they didn't see the grasshoppers. They saw the God that took them through the Red Sea. They saw the God that gave them victory over the Amorites. Your enemy can see the hand of God sometimes more than you can in your own life. They see you much bigger. Because you don't understand. It's like, it's like you're standing there and you're just thinking of you, but there's this big shadow behind you. There's, <laughs> it's, it's like the kid, it's like the kid that's, you know, about to get beaten up by a bunch of kids and his dad walks out the house behind him. And they turn and run, and the kid's like, whew. He doesn't understand. His dad's behind him. Well, that's, that's us. That's us. That's us. But, but we've got to be prepared to stand and fight, no matter how small we are, right? Because we know our dad's right behind us. <laughs> and those devils are going to go running. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, and then she says, please, I, I'm, I'm praying. Just since I've showed you kindness, please show kindness to us and, and save us alive. So she'd already decided they were gonna take the city. She already knew. She already knew that they were gonna take the city. And she said, just hey, if you, if you can just do, save me. And then the scarlet thread, she used the scarlet thread to let them down. And they said, tie that in the window, representing the blood of Jesus. And of course, her whole family was saved. And she's one of only four women mentioned 
in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. A prostitute, God doesn't care if you're a prostitute. He doesn't care where you've been, what you've done, what, what anything, he doesn't care. He cares about faith. He cares about what his blood can do. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And she became the mother of Boaz, who became the mother of, of Obed and Jesse and David, hallelujah. And then Ruth the Moabites, who, 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 who was married to Boaz. And these women, they were not allowed to marry a Moabites, but Ruth was like, I'm not leaving. I'm going with you, Naomi. Your God is my God. Amen, hallelujah. God is not a respecter of persons, but he's a respecter of faith. He's a respecter of faith. When you make it to heaven, you need to have seen God bigger in your own eyes than your enemy did. You, have, you need to have experienced that big God, not the little God that you, you think, but the big God, the big God. You need to see the big God. You need to experience the big God, but you're not going to until you take his word and you do it in spite of what you can see, in spite of what it looks like. I mean, you have to go many times. You just, you're going fear and trembling, but you're like, Lord, I'm going to obey you. Lord, I'm going to obey you. Lord, I'm going to step out on that water. Lord, I'm going to obey you. And you have to know this word says that he will come through for you. Amen? He is going to come through for you. The enemy is shaking in his boots. His heart is melting. He is afraid. Hallelujah. Don't look at yourself. Don't look at your power. Don't look at your ability. Amen? Listen, the greatness of your testimony, the greatness of my testimony, is that somebody's able to use someone like you, someone like me. Amen? That is the greatness of your testimony. Not how great you are, but how great your God is. And I want, I want to sh just, make it, just say, say something here that I thought was so powerful. But in verse 9, Rahab says, The Lord your God, Jehovah your Elohim. Jehovah your Elohim. In the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. Elohim means the true God. Elohim is exceedingly great and mighty God. Hallelujah. 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 In the eyes of religion, Rahab was not qualified to receive the grace of God. Amen. How awesome is that? But God is a respecter of faith. And Isaiah 1 1920, if you are willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. If you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured with the sword. Deuteronomy 11, 27, 28, I read already, behold, I've set before you blessing, cursing, cursing, blessing if you obey, cursing if you refuse. And then Deuteronomy 30, 19, life and death, blessings and cursings, is it, I've let it be recorded before heaven and earth today that I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life, choose life, choose life that both you and your seed may live. Like I said to the ladies, don't you just love God's multiple choice? He says, life and death, blessing and cursing. I recommend the right answer. <laughs> choose life for you and your children. The decisions you make, not just affecting you, they're affecting generations. And remember this, the curse, people major on the curse of the generational curses. The Bible says the curse is to the third and fourth generation of them that hate God, 
but the blessing is to a thousand generations of them that love him. A thousand, thousand generations. So let me read to you again. Every place on which your foot shall tread. Just close your eyes right now and lift your hands. Every place on which your foot shall tread, I've given it to you. With your eyes, you see the future. With your feet, you take the promise. See it with the eye of faith. Activated with your obedience. It's activated with your action. Amen. Pastor Rodney. Uh, I, feel, I, feel that, uh, I feel that there's some more we're going to do tonight. You can do tonight. There's some more. Okay. So as you, were, as you think, because I wrote this down actually when you sent it to me this morning, this just started coming to me. So I want to just read it to you. So I, I kind of rewrote this, you know, not that there's anything with what you gave me. It's just that's what I saw. With your eyes, you see the future. With your feet, you take the prize. Don't listen to the enemy or to any of his lies. Don't just look at the promise with longing eyes, but obey the word today and rise. Take the step of faith now. The promised land is yours. See it with the eye of faith, that landscape painted by God's word. It's time to possess the promise, activate Activated by your obedience, your victory now is assured. Yeah. So, and so, big things, folks, let me tell you right now, huge, that God's going to do through every single one of you. Yes. Every single one in this place. And you can, you can feel it. You can feel it. There, there's something in the air. There's something special. Something is happening. Now, this is not religion. This is not religion. This is the way of living. And it's not going to end. It's not going to end. It's not going to come to an oh, it's just for now. No, this is the way we're going to roll. This is the way we're going to move. And it's going to go from glory unto glory unto glory unto glory. And if you think that this is buzzing right now, wait until by July. You're not going to know what to do with yourself. I'm just telling you right now. That was... I, I, just everybody stand up where you are right now. Close your eyes. Lift up your hands. If this applies to you, fine. If it doesn't, probably applies to all of us a little bit. But I just want you to make a confession before God. Say, Lord, Lord I repent of any time, repent of any time that I've looked at everything small. And I've looked at anything small. I saw the grasshopper. I saw the grasshopper. And I didn't see you. But Lord, do a work in my heart. Do a work in my heart. Help me to see with the eye of faith. Lord, burn in my heart, branded in me, what you have planned, what you have for me. Lord, may that desire increase and grow. And Lord, I thank you. Just burn everything out of me that's holding me back. 
And Lord, I want to see through your eyes. I want to speak your words. I want to do the things you've raised me up to do. And I know, Father, that with your help, I can do everything that you've called me to do. And so, Lord, come now. Begin a work. Work in me. I give you permission. Whatever you need to do. Purify my heart. Clean out everything that's not of you. Everything that's of the world. Everything that's of the devil. Brand Jesus in my heart. Let people see Jesus through me. And when I see you on that day, I will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, Father, I give you permission, if I'm going in the wrong direction, that you can come down immediately and straighten me out. I give you permission. Because when I see you, I don't want to hear that I failed, that I missed it, that I didn't do what I was supposed to do. So I humble myself before you. And Lord, do what you will. Do what you want to do. I make myself available right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus.